Hi, this is Suzanne Urban, and welcome to Women Warriors Network podcast. In this podcast, um, it originally started out that I was reading scripture through the pandemic to kind of um, have something out there, a voice that would bring peace to the hearers, being that it was such an anxious time. And then I started to read um, through the Bible in a year. Well, um, now the Lord has really laid on my heart that when a word comes that I'm just going to record um, word discuss, discussion of the word and um, kind of like mini sermons. And um, anyway, so I hope you enjoy and I hope you're encouraged, uplifted, and that um, you will seek out the truth in Jesus' name. And again, thank you for listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, friends. So the last podcast, I... um read off the Ten Commandments and said we would look at the commandments. And um, so today I've done a little bit of a study. It's not very extensive study, but it's enough to look at um, one of the Ten Commandments. And today we'll be reading Exodus um, 20, 1 through 2. And, um, yeah, I'm excited for this study. Thank you, Lord, for your word that is truth. Enlighten us to understand what you're trying to tell us, Father. Open our eyes to see and open our ears to hear what the Spirit has to say. Father, give us, you said, Holy Spirit would teach us all things. So, Father, as we rely on you and your promises, that Holy Spirit will um, reveal things to us and teach us what we need to know at that moment. I thank you and praise you, Father, for this podcast and for my listeners, Father, that you will bless and encourage them and help them to grow in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we're looking at Exodus 21 Let's look. Um, it's actually Exodus 20, um, 1 through 3. So it's an introduction when he says, um, in verse 1, Now God spoke, spoke all these words saying and then he introduces who God is I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of bondage so a question was you know why would he introduce himself that way well sometimes as humans we need to be reminded what God has done for us before he goes to the next thing. And I think it's cool that he is the Lord, their God, 
who brought them out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. And he is that same God for us as well. So what was your land of Egypt? You know, where were you in bondage? You look at that and you think, okay, God is the one who brought me out of that, you know, through sending his son Jesus to the cross that I might have freedom and have life and have it more abundantly. Oh, we could get off on all kinds of, it's so cool how the Old Testament and the New Testament all intertwine with each other and work together and um, they always complement each other. And sure, um, there are people who have stopped reading the Bible because they think there's so many contradictions. But really, it's not a contradiction. It's a mistranslation. So when we look at the different translations that are out there, translation is everything. It's also interpretation. It has nothing you know, it has nothing to do with who God is. It has everything to do with man and how we interpret things. If you notice when you go to church and you're visiting with someone after the sermon, they will get something so totally different out of the sermon than what you may get. Because, number one, he's a personal God. And so being personal means he's going to speak to you where you are at that moment. So Holy Spirit comes and, and, and highlights something to you in a sermon. And so when we think of the translations and we think of, you know, man having a huge, huge play in interpreting um, the word, you know, we're... Definitely not perfect, and but God is, and God will will do. How do I want to put that? God will right the wrong that we've done. So even though we may misinterpret, even though we may miss the mark sometimes, God will fill in the gaps. God is the one who will make it right. He says right here, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. So if he can do that, he can definitely um, right the wrong of any kind of um, mistake that man has made. So, alrighty then. So, that was verse 2. <clears throat> and here is one of the first commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. And then in verse 4, he kind of, you know, goes into a little bit of depth. You shall not make yourself any graven idol or any likeness or anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water below the earth. And then in verse 5, it says, You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of them who hate me, and showing loving kindness to thousands of them, who love me and keep my commandments. 
So for the first commandment, thou shalt not have no other gods before me. And, um, and then the word jealous comes in that he's a jealous God, but I don't believe that he is actually like a jealous God. I believe that jealous was put in there to help us understand how, uh, you know, how God feels about us, that he, um, you know, he created us for fellowship with him. And it's just like if um, you have a friend, you know, a really good friend that they say that they're um, your number one or your best friend or even um, anyways when um, and then they find somebody that they have um, something else in common and they start hanging out with that other person, you know, a jealousy kind of rises up in us. And it's not because <clears throat> we're being selfish or anything. It's just because we assume the relationship was exclusive. We assume that the, you know, um, and I'm not saying God is assuming, but that's what he designed us for was relationship with him. And so when we waver off, not with another person, but with another God, anything that becomes, um, that, you know, becomes like an idol or that we worship above him, you know, of course he's gonna be like, dude, what are you doing? That's not how I designed you kind of thing. And anyways, thou shalt have no other gods before me. <clears throat> and, you know, he was speaking to the children of Israel. And you think of, um, you know, what kind of gods were they? Um, because they were in a foreign land. They were in the land of Egypt. And so in Egypt, what kind of gods did the Egyptians have? And did, you know, after being there for so long and being slaves to the Egyptians, you know, it quite, it could be um, natural for them to start following other gods and start thinking, oh, this makes sense. This is why it's important that you have fellowship one with another, that we encourage one another because we are who we hang out with. If you hang out with Jesus, you can be more like Jesus. You can, if you hang out with Satan, you're going to be more like Satan. So, you know, if you have friends who, you know, here you are a Christian and and you have friends who claim to be Christian, but they're not showing any fruits of Christianity, meaning they're still going out to the bars and drinking and partying and, you know, whatever. I mean, it doesn't have to be even be that drastic. They could be sitting at home watching their soap operas all day. And if you're filling yourself with that instead of filling yourself with the word and filling yourself with fellowship and filling yourself with um, communion with the Lord then what is in you is what's going to come out of you. And so that's where we see the fruits is your, the words that come out of you, your actions. Um, it shows who you've been hanging out with. I had a pastor one time years ago and um, he, he was preaching in the middle of preaching. He goes, you know, he goes, I don't need to sit down and have lunch with you. 
to find out what kind of person you are. He says, introduce me to a few of your friends, your closest friends, the people you call, you know, best friends, your people, the people you hang out with. He goes, I'll have lunch with them. Then I'll realize what kind of person you are. You think about that. And that really hit home because I was like, okay, I need to be careful who I hang out with. Am I hanging out with, you know, a lukewarm, lukewarm crowd that, you know, some days they're, um, some days they love the Lord and they're on fire. And then some days they're like, I can't even get out of bed. And not that that's anything. I'm just saying that's kind of goes in with that lukewarmness. And it's like, get up, get out of bed, let your feet hit the ground. Let Satan shake when, when he realizes you're awake. And so anyway, so I got off on a little tangent. So we look at what the definition of gods with the little G gods is. And it's a person or a deity that has been admired or influential. So I have, I, um, I had heard when we lived, so we were in the military and we lived, we were stationed in Germany during the Gulf War and in Germany, um, they didn't have, um, like regular television for, it had one station at that time and it was AFN, I think it was called Armed Forces Network, um, Anyways, and they would play English-speaking programming. And it was one station, so, you know, you turn the TV on and that's what you got. There was no, you know, 1,000 stations that you can scroll through and and stuff like that. Otherwise, the other local um, stations were all in German. And I remember one time watching Dallas... Um, and they were speaking German. It was kind of comical. Anyways, I could make up my own dialogue as they, as they went and as they were speaking. And, um, I didn't watch too much TV. Um, I had a lot of kids at home, three toddlers, basically. And we were homeschooling and we were in a different country and I was in ministry and, You know, so priorities. Um, But anyways, um, at night, uh, after putting my husband to bed and then putting the kids to bed, it would be 10 o'clock every night. And the only thing that was on at 10 o'clock every night was um, Star Trek, The Next Generation. And so I would turn that on like as a background noise and it was you know, my program while we were there, it was my downtime. It was my, and I'd be doing something. I'd be crocheting or I'd be um, doing my cross stitch. Always busy with the hands, but that was my time to kind of wind down after a long day of serving people all day long. And um, anyways, here we come back to the United States and then to find out that, you know, Star Trek took off, became this huge 
um, deal and, you know, people were, were, um, you know, into the movies, into this next generation. Then they became, then they came out with another, um, what do you call it? I, it was this other Star Trek and, um, so you have the old one and then you have the next generation and you had this other one and then they had all the movies. And so I'm here thinking, oh my gosh, this is like this huge thing. We get back here. And then I heard people saying, are you a Trekkie? And I'm like, oh, okay. So what's a Trekkie? And basically what they, when you look up about Star Trek, it says it's a cult um, movie or a cult TV program. And I was like, wow, how can they put that into, um, into that category of a cult? Well, when you look at the word cult, um, I don't have my dictionary handy. Anyways, when you look up the word cult, basically that falls under following another God, following, you know, and worshiping and, and elevating something higher than, um, than our Lord and Savior. <clears throat> so, needless to say, you know, I excommunicated myself out of the Star Trek cult. So... When we think about it, we need to remember anything that is exalted above Yahweh, the I am that I am, or I I am who I'm going to be, is who I'm going to be, is um, putting another God before him. And so when we examine our motives and, and our day, I, you know, at the end of the day, it, I end up repenting for something, but you know, cause I'm not, I'm not perfect, but I do walk in perfection with the Lord. And, um, it's just so interesting to see so many things that are out there that can end up being a God above our God. So, um, when we look at, let's look at Exodus 34, 14. So, you know, I've been in school and learning how to interpret the Bible and how to research and do um, certain things has is what really I've been learning. I've not been learning how to be a pastor, but I've been learning how to listen for Holy Spirit and to <clears throat> study the word, you know, the Bible says study to show yourself approved. So here you are, you know, um, in your everyday um, studies. Um, I think about uh, a popular event, televangelist and how many hours he says he puts into um, just studying the word. And I'm like, I am nowhere near being able to study like that and and so it just, it takes a lot of energy <clears throat> and a lot of discipline, really, to just be in the, you know, saturated in the word. I mean, I walk all through the day praying and 
every situation there's an opportunity to pray whether you know I come out and I go out and I um, open the chicken coop so the chickens can come out and and I kind of watch them and I'm I'm asking the Lord if there's anything that I more that I need to do for these chickens that he's trusted me with and then I go out and I take care of the pigs and give them their food and and make sure they have you know um, water to drink and then check their bedding and um, you know I ask the Lord is there anything else that I should be doing to take care of these animals he's trusted me with and the same with you know my husband in the mornings when I make his breakfast and and we sit and and chit chat or whatever about the day and what we're going to do and I'm sitting there meditating and asking the Lord, how can I help him today? How can I serve him today? So when you walk in and I, and I praise the Lord for little things. When I hear, I thank you, Lord, for these chickens and the eggs they lay. And I thank you, Lord, for the pigs and what a benefit they'll be when they start having piglets and we're able to, you know, butcher them for meat and, or to be able to sell them. And so, um, you know, stuff like that. And I mean, how is your day? Do you go out of your way to ask the Lord, you know, how, what should I make for dinner today? And because some days my husband doesn't have an idea, doesn't want to think about it. I don't have an idea. And so I'm just like, Lord, you know, just help me figure out what can I make for dinner that's easy, that's nutritious, that's not going to be harmful for our bodies. Because, you know, I have a criteria and there's, we don't eat <clears throat> um, a lot of processed foods. And if it is processed, it has to be organic and it has to be, um, there has to be certain criteria um, to make sure that it's not going to put a lot of harmful chemicals in our body. And and um, it, it's called taking care of, you know, what God has trusted you with. And we're on this weight loss thing and trying to figure out how to lose weight. And, and um, you know, so that we can better have the stamina to to be able to take care of the things God wants us to take care of. Well, okay, I'm here at, um, sorry, I got off on a tangent again. <clears throat> Exodus 34, 14. Let's see, where are we? For you shall not worship any other God for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Wow. So in that verse, it says his name is Jealous. So, you know, all through the Bible, there are um, names um, that are the names of God. And he calls himself in um, <clears throat> all different kinds of names. And um, I had a friend that wrote a book about the different names of God, and he, he found one for every day of the year, 365 names of God. And reading through that was very interesting because when you look at the names of God, then you see the character of God. You see how, um, you know, who he really is and not 
um, who we portray him to be. Some of us, you know, are in a place where we still see him as a God of judgment. And um, we all go through that. Where we think that, you know, I slip up once and and that's it. God's going to disown me and he's going to ground me and he's going to discipline me and he's going to, you know. And, um, but to find out that God is a just God and to find out that God is a God who provides and that every perfect gift comes down from the father above and that he loves us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. That's how much he loves us. You know why he does that? Because he's not willing that any should perish. And that tells you who God is. God is the God who will take you out of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. Woo, that's a sermon right there. That's so good. So God is a jealous God. And when I looked up the word jealous, we look at it and it says fiercely protective or vigilant of one's rights or possessions. So when you look at, we think of jealous in the human sense, jealous being that, oh my gosh, I'm so angry because you get to do this and I can't, you know, or, you know, I'm, I'm frustrated because, you know, he got to go to the market and I didn't, you know, that kind of jealousy. When you think of jealous is fiercely protective or vigilant of one's rights. That puts it in such a different perspective that he is jealous that he's fiercely protective of or vigilant of our rights. He wants what's right for us and he wants what he promised he would give us. He wants us to have that. He doesn't want us to walk in lack. That's a whole nother sermon. Um, so anyways, when I looked it up and I looked up, um, here are some words that are similar to the word jealous, which is protective, defensive, vigilant, watchful, heedful, mindful, careful, solicitous and attentive. Those are all descriptive words of who we serve. He's the God that took us, took us out of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. He's taken us out of the house of bondage. How did he do that? He sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross so that we might have life and be set free. And when Jesus sets you free, you are free indeed. Thank you, Lord. His very name is Jealous. <clears throat> you look at the word worship. Worship means show reverence and adoration for a deity. Reverence. Deep respect for someone or something. Wow. Wow. Wow, thou shalt have no other gods before me. This is what God is saying to us today. And the reason he um, did that 
and and why he did that is because he took us out of the land of Egypt and he and he brought us out of the house of um, bondage. I have another scripture written here, Deuteronomy 6, 14. We'll see what that has to say. I love studying about who God is and his character, why he's done what he's done, you know. And he, um, have you ever heard it said that if I was the only person on the planet, if I was the only one, there were no other people God still would have sent his son. You know why? Because he's not willing that any should perish. That's so amazing to think. You know, when we think about, you know, ministry, some people are like, well, there's only one or two that show up. But you know what? You need to be faithful in the little, and then he'll bless you with the much. And here we are, we're, we're, um, um, fallible, we're, we're, um, people that make mistakes and, and stuff, but I lost the train of thought for that one, so it must not be something I should share. 6, 14, and 15, we're in Deuteronomy 6, 14, and 15, thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving me direction. You shall not go after other gods. The gods of the people which surround you. For the Lord your God is a jealous God among you. Otherwise the anger of the Lord your God will be inflamed against you. And destroy you from off the face of the earth. Well gee. You know I mean he's not asking much. You shall... Not to go after any other gods. So here gives us kind of an insight. It says the gods of the people which surround you. So here is that where I was just sharing with you about how you are who you hang out with. And it, and he's, he says right here in Deuteronomy 6.14, you shall not have a go after other gods, the gods of the people which surround you. So who are you hanging out with? Are you hanging out with on fire Christians? Are you hanging out with people who just love the Lord so much and just, you know, their, their answer to everything is to pray for you. Um, and, and those are the type of people I like to hang out with because sure, there are days when you feel like you want to have a pity party and, but I don't want to get into woe is me all the time. I don't want to just fall into that. And then the next thing I know, I'm like in depression and I'm doing and saying things that I shouldn't be doing and saying. So, you know, that saying, give the devil an inch and he'll take a mile. Once he gets his hairy little toe in your door, then he can pretty much do you know, and, and say things to get and convince you to do things that you're like, whoa, how did I get here? And so hang out with people who are going to encourage you and pray for you and uplift you and not condemn you because you know what? Holy Spirit knows how to do his job. It's not our job to convict another person. 
it is our job to share the gospel. It is, but every person needs to work out their own salvation. How do you do that? You get into the word, you study to show yourself approved. You worship the Lord your God, which is the God who is the God of the universe. He is the one that he is the I am that I, that I am. He is Yahweh. And you allow Holy Spirit to have full reign in your life to show you, okay, you kind of got off over here. You need to repent. And Holy Spirit is so gentle. And Holy Spirit will, you know, he won't force you to do anything that you don't want to do. And that's where man's will comes in. And I mean, even you look at Jesus when he struggled in the garden, he's like, will you just let this cup pass from me? Even he at that moment felt that, but you know, he didn't let Satan get that, that big fat hairy toe in. He said, okay, but I will do your will. So we can be tempted and temptation will always be something in our lives. But it's when we fall prey to the temptation and allow that sin to come in. And so I always say big, fat, hairy toe because then I imagine when Satan comes, you know, or a temptation comes and I envision that big, fat, hairy toe trying to open the door or get in there. And it reminds me that I need to push that that foot out. I need to push that out. And nope, in the name of Jesus, I'm not going to go there. And then you replace it with scripture. For God is not creating us the spirit of fear, but of love and of joy and a sound mind. I am who he says I am. I am a daughter of the most high king. I am victorious. I walk with him in righteousness. He walks with me and he talks with me. He holds me in his righteous right hand. He leads me into the paths of righteousness. He shelters me in the cleft of the rock. He covers me with his feathers. And even though I may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for he is with me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. These are the things that we ponder on that help us to walk a victorious life. Have no other gods before him. Thank you, Lord, for your word and for your truth that has come forth. Help us to grasp it and get it into our heart that we may meditate on your word and who you are, that you are the God that brought us out of Egypt out of our own little Egypt, whatever it was we were in before. And you brought us out of the house of bondage so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. We can walk in freedom. We thank you and praise you for this day. I thank you for my listeners, Father, that they are blessed and highly favored. In your precious name we pray. We thank you for your word that will root and ground in our hearts. We stand steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
Woo, what a good day. What a good word. So next week, we will be looking at... Oops, I shouldn't have closed that. Next week, we will be looking at... You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And that's in Deuteronomy 20, verse 7. So that'll be our next, my next study on the name of the Lord shall not be taken in vain. So until next time, pray the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. In Jesus' name, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in to Pioneering Fearless Warriors Network. I pray the Lord keep you and the Lord guide you. Make his face shine upon you as he goes before you, as he surrounds you, as he provides for you, as he is faithful. We thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. We bless the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.